0: Hi, this is Marcy Rader, your productivity lead at Rader Co. I'm the principal contributor to the Health-Powered Productivity Podcast, where we give you bite-sized nuggets of knowledge in areas of productivity, health, and clutter that you can implement right away. Looking for ways to support our health-powered productivity mission? We welcome donations to our tip jar, linked in the show notes. We encourage you to check out our Rader Co. recommendations page on our site, where we list all of our favorite products, services, and apps. We get a little kickback, and you get vetted tools that we use ourselves. Now, on with the show. When I was little and got money for my birthday, I divided it into four envelopes hidden in my closet. Savings, spending, gifts, and something special. I don't remember anyone teaching me this method and I used it all the way until college when I kept it in my bank account and switched to a spreadsheet. I started babysitting when I was 12 and never stopped working, scooping ice cream, making pizzas, working retail. This envelope method carried on throughout my life and grew to include more categories. Remember when I said I did not remember learning this? Well, imagine my surprise in college when I heard that this was actually a thing and there was some guy named Dave Ramsey talking about it. I was so confused. I remember thinking, what? I came up with this. I guess it really wasn't that innovative, but I thought I was genius. I graduated from college without a lot of debt because I chose to go where I received scholarships for undergrad and an assistantship for my master's. My parents paid for the other part of my undergrad, and I worked all through college to cover my rent and spending money. I have always prided myself on paying for my own clothes since I was in high school and for part of my college. I even lied to my mom about how much my rent really costs so that she wouldn't give me more money to pay for it. I taught aerobics, catered, waited tables, I read for the visually impaired, I wrote for the hearing impaired, and I ended up getting out of graduate school in 1998 with about 6000 in loan bills. I was fortunate and tired, but that's another story. On the other hand, my husband had about 30000 in debt, and that's how we started our marriage. Now, I know today, with the egregious cost of getting an education, this seems like chump change. I can do nothing about what it cost back then and the difference today. So fast forward and we have bought four houses. We bought our first house in DC in Capitol Hill in 2000 and it was the biggest as far as square footage. We then moved to Cary, North Carolina. Um, three years later to escape the violence in DC and also live somewhere that we would actually be able to afford to retire at some point. We made about $100,000 on that DC house in just three years. Great investment. And used it to pay about 30% down on our carry house. We bought a new car, we paid off all Kevin's student loans, and we remodeled part of our house. We moved again five years later and ended up losing money on that next house. Not a lot, but about $10,000 in five years because we bought at the top of the market and sold when it was stagnant. You know, homes are supposed to appreciate, not depreciate. When we bought our current house, which we've lived in five years as well, five must be the magic number for us. This is now the smallest house we have ever owned. It is 1,100 square feet. We live on an acre in Southeast Raleigh. It has a separate two-car garage, which we absolutely love. The only build-on that we plan to do is um, another bathroom because we only have one bathroom, but it's the one that makes the most sense. And we purposefully moved. To a less expensive home so that we could pay off our house earlier. It also gives us, I mean, there are way, way more things than that because we love this house. We love where it's located and the privacy, but we really wanted to be able to be debt free. And my goal was always debt free by the time I was 50. And when we moved, what we did is we kept paying the same amount on our mortgage as we did on our more expensive house because we knew we could spend that much. It just was more critical for us as two self-employed business owners to have zero debt. And it felt like a huge relief to pay off our house. Um, you know, It made sense for us, especially without knowing what the pandemic would bring. As far as cars, our last four cars we've paid cash for. And since my late twenties, um, I did have a car payment in my late twenties when I had a Volkswagen Jetta, but as soon as I was done paying that off and um, I, we pretty much drive our cars till they're dead, but um, I've always started saving for the next car as soon as I've paid for that car. So we, um, I paid cash for my 2012 Kia Soul, which I still drive. And when I, um, the month after that, I started putting back money for the next car, and I still haven't bought one. But that that money went towards my husband's next car as well. As far as investments, in my late 20s, I started investing in a Roth IRA. Before that. I just, you know, pushed money into my savings and build up an emergency fund because I didn't really feel like I made enough money to also invest, but I at least had this emergency fund. I have never gone a year without maxing out both of our Roths since then. I also have other retirement and investment accounts that I've hired a financial planner to manage, and I've worked with him since 2004. And I have incredible, just great trust in him. And if you are looking for a fabulous, fabulous financial planner, hit me up. I'll give you his name and contact info. You can just contact me through the site. We have had some fabulous vacations. Um, For our fifth anniversary, we went to London after saving just $50 a month until we had enough to go. And so when we got married... I just started putting back fifty dollars a month, and by the time um, you know to go wherever for our fifth anniversary, and by the time we hit it, um, we had plenty of money to go. And I say this because for anybody that's listening that feels like you know I just can't put back or uh, enough money or it's not going to make a difference, it does. It really does. It adds up. This summer we're actually going to Ghana. And we already have money saved back to go to Hawaii or Thailand, whichever comes first and depends on this damn virus. But, you know, we, we always have this vacation fund that we're building as well. We have lots of categories. We have been in some serious debt. Um, it was about 15 years ago. My husband had a studio. He's a professional drummer and um, drum teacher. And it hit a rough patch and we sold it at a loss we had to make payments and just always put extra, any extra that we got toward that bill until it was gone. When I started this business six years or eight years ago, I made hardly any money in the first couple of years, but we lived off what, what I called my freedom fund. So before I quit my job, I set back six months of expenses and this was not my emergency fund. I never hit my emergency fund because having your own business is not an emergency. And I promised my husband that as the primary earner, when I quit my job and, you know, I said, I'm going to do this. I promised him that I would not put us in dire straits. I would go get another job first because, you know, hitting our emergency fund, you know, me owning a business was never an emergency. So I called it my freedom fund and I even still manage to donate to our charity of choice, which is the fistula foundation, because I put back money for that, like all of our expenses, including that. And, you know, speaking of, you know, charities or or nonprofits, we are sustainers. So it automatically comes out of our account every month to pay for a surgery for a woman suffering from fistula. It's a bill like any other bill. And if you want to give more, I highly recommend just making it um, where you are a sustainer and you don't have to make the decision. So here are some key things that I've done. Um, I've read a lot of money books over the last 25 years and so much that I don't really read them anymore because I wasn't really learning that much, except cryptocurrency. I'm still learning about that. I have cryptocurrency, but oh my gosh, it's, um, it's so confusing to me. But I, I, do, um, I do attempt to learn, but man, it just doesn't sink into my brain. Uh, and funny enough, I've never read a Dave Ramsey book, but I, people ask me all the time when I say that I'm debt-free, they're like, oh, you must be a Dave Ramsey fan. I don't really know him, but um, I, he, I know he's helped a lot of people. We do not live above our means. That envelope method worked for us. If we didn't have it, we just didn't spend it. I don't care about the last name Jones, even though that was my grandma's last name. I have no desire to keep up with them. We have always had categories for fun stuff on top of saving and investing. It just takes a little longer to get there sometimes. We pay off our credit cards every month. I've had a balance about a total of four months in my life. If I can't afford it, I don't buy it. I pay my retirement and investment accounts first with my goal being to max out everything I can each year. I use the program. I use QuickBooks for my work, but I use YNAB or you need a budget for my personal um, accounting and budgeting. But I also, this is where I, I don't even care that it's duplication. I also use it for my business and for my husband's business. It is the best budgeting software, hands down, you know, shouting from the rooftops. I love the YNAB program. It is like the envelope method Um, and so much is automated. Their, Their videos are fantastic. I just absolutely love them. Um, I also have a fantastic accountant who I trust implicitly and keeps me on track and I do not hide from my money. I am probably a high maintenance client to both he and my financial planner because I'm always checking in to make sure I'm doing the right thing and I'm categorizing appropriately and I'm maxing out what I can. For my business, I hired a small business financial coach named Sylvia Inks, SMIFinancial.com. She is one of our Raider Co-Team specialists as well, and she has a fantastic book, which I will link to in the show notes, Small Business Finance for the Busy Entrepreneur. And as a business owner, I have two self-employed, self-insured people. Um, healthcare is our most considerable expense. So I have 10000 earmarked just for healthcare expenses every year. And we actually don't buy into health insurance because it is so egregious. We save money and we get what we consider better care by using direct primary care. This is a a membership, um, but it is not the concierge type that you might think about. I highly recommend you look up direct primary care. I'll link to it in the show notes. Um, They are, you know, I'm a huge advocate for everybody moving in this direction. We also use Sidera Medical Cost Sharing. Um, I have had wonderful experiences with them. I'll link to them in the show notes as well. And they are, um, it is a way to kind of like an HSA or FSA for for business owners or for um, non-insured is what I call them, because it's so ridiculous that people who own a business can't open up an HSA or FSA. That makes no sense to me. You know, people spend their money on different things, cars, homes, vacations. I used to spend a ton of money on racing. My husband spends, spends his money on music equipment and software. Um, currently, I don't have any expensive hobbies except maybe beauty and self-care treatments. But that's a necessity, right? Um, we are not wealthy people. It does take discipline, but it can be done. And I've been asked enough, you know, how I was able to be debt-free at 46 that I wanted to record this episode, but it doesn't mean that all of my steps are the right ones for you. For the love of kittens, I do ask, please, 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 please know your finances. Don't bury your head in the sand. Schedule a meeting at least monthly with your partner. Kevin and I, every week when we do our 90-day vision on Sunday mornings, we at least touch on our finances. Discuss your money status, where you are, where you want to be, your financial goals. And whether you choose to pay off all your debts or invest differently, just invest. Don't be the person working when you're 75 because you have to. And you never know when something could happen to you that would prohibit you from working. People on disability didn't plan to be there. And if I say one thing about like programs, software, if I check out YNAB, it it has made everything so easy. And here is to your financial success. Thank you for listening to the Raider Co. Health Powered Productivity Podcast. Please subscribe, leave a review, and forward this episode to at least one person you know could benefit. And can I ask a favor? If you felt this podcast was valuable, please consider supporting it by donating to our tip jar to continue giving you bite-sized nuggets of knowledge. And get your sneak peek of my latest book, Work Well, Play More, Productive, Clutter-free, healthy living, one step at a time. With the novice behaviors from chapter one, that includes how to deal with all those rings, pings, and buzzes, how to declutter your digital desktop and why it's important, and how to play hide and seek with your food to help with portion control. It's waiting for you at helloraderco.com forward slash gift.